Today on episode 1 of 30 Days of Plight, we get to know each other, review the Irish horror film A Dark Song, and I ramble about ceremonial magic. Domine, labia mea perius, eros meum annuntiavit laudem tuam, Deus in adiutorium meum intambe, Domine ad adiuvan. Welcome to 30 Days of Plight a horror movie podcast where we review random fright flicks from a popular streaming service, all determined by a dice roll. I'm your host, who sold his soul for rock and roll, Jay Simba. So what is 30 Days of Plight? Or more so, who am I and why should you care? So let's take a minute to get to know each other. 30 Days of Plight started a little over three years ago, the very simple premise. I watch and review 30 random horror movies in 30 days. To date, we've covered over 350 movies, not including horror books, video games, and screener reviews. You can find all of that over at 30daysofplight.com. That's 30daysofplight.com. As for myself, I wasn't always a horror fan. I was a kid when Nightmare on Elm Street and Child's Play started, and those plots scared the hell out of me. It wasn't until my mom introduced me to the Universal Monster films that I began to like horror. Uh, somewhere around here is still my dubbed copy on VHS uh, with her handwriting on the label saying The Bride of Frankenstein. Skipping ahead to my college years and the now defunct Take Two video, uh, which was in the South Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh, uh, they used to do a Friday rental deal. I can't remember exactly. I think it was something along the lines of, you know, rent to get one free to rent for the weekend or something like that. But that was pretty much where I had the availability to rent a lot of the cult classics that I only heard about. This is where, like, my love of trauma films started, ranging from renting Terra Firmer and Tromeo and Juliet to the Toxic Avenger films and God, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, Surf Nazis Must Die, basically all of those. It also gave me access to a lot of the really weird indie horror stuff. I'm sure at the point, like, I drove my college roommate insane, which to be fair, he listened almost entirely to Tori Amos while I, on the other hand, was listening to The Misfits or Os Rotten. Yeah, after graduation, we didn't really stay friends. Or, you know, kind of after Christmas break, something like that. But yeah, that's, that's the background of 30 Days of Plight and the background of me, your host. So, with that out of the way... Let's go to a segment I call Horror Hyped, where I talk about upcoming horror and horror-related things I'm excited for. So first on the list is going to be What We Do in the Shadows, uh, the TV show. So there's a trailer out there right now that you can check out. If you haven't seen the movie, get the fuck on that, because man, is that movie good. It's essentially a horror comedy, and the TV show is set with the exact same concept. Except, it's a whole new set of vampires this time, and they've had the inclusion of an energy vampire, which, just in the trailer alone, is hilarious. I think it's coming out on FX, 
which means that I at least have to find another way to watch it because seriously, I don't, I don't have cable. Who really needs cable anymore? That's why I'm reviewing things off of streaming services. Unless you know like a cable company wants to sponsor us, then hell yeah, give me, give me the free cable. And then I probably won't watch it. Next up, we got the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark teaser trailers. Now these actually came out, god, probably like two, maybe three weeks ago. These are books that almost everyone in my elementary school had checked out at some point. Now these trailers are mostly meant to show us some of the creature designs, which look great. But my big concern here is that the overall content is going to be just absolute shit. And that this entire film is just another nostalgia grab for the sake of cashing in on people's childhoods. Uh, we've seen some really spectacular failures with that recently. And on the up, like the flip side of that, we have definitely seen some stuff that's been a crit hit. I mean, just alone, like the Voltron reboot, uh, the She-Ra reboots were both awesome. Um, I, I mean, I know financially it was a failure, but the Gem and the Holograms movie, I actually really like that whole concept but yeah it, it was not what people wanted so it, it did pretty bad with scary stories to tell in the dark i'm i'll be honest i'm half hyped i really want to see what's going to be coming out in the next few weeks before the movie comes out because i want to have an idea of what i'm getting into not just like look at this pretty picture and i'm just like yeah that thing's cool and then it's the, the content is just like the picture was just turd polish and it's you know I really don't want to waste my time with it until I know for sure. Final hype is going to the Resident Evil 2 remake that just came out. Uh, also, probably I think about two weeks ago, which now dates the podcast as to when I'm actually recording this. But uh, I haven't had a chance to get my hands on it yet. It looks amazing. I'll be honest, my best memories of Resident Evil are really more with Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 3. But I'm 100% going to pick this up at some point. It's something that between my husband and I, we really can't call our house a home until we both own this. So that was horror hype. Now let's get down to it. Let's get to the actual meat and bones and guts of what 30 Days of Plight is. And let's review 2016's A Dark Song. So coming to us straight out of Ireland, uh, written and directed by Liam Gavin, we start with our main character, Sophia, doing some of the creepiest house hunting possible in the Irish countryside. After Goldilocksing her way to find a rental that is just right, we get introduced to Mr. Solomon. Now, Mr. Solomon is a ceremonial magician and pretty much a poster boy for uh, don't let your kids talk to stranger campaigns. Uh, initially, he's out on the whole deal because Sophia tells him that she wants to do the ritual to make someone fall in love with her. I don't blame him. That, that's some high school Silver Raven Wolf type shit. Eventually, she relents and says that uh, the real reason that she wants to do the ritual is to speak to her child one more time because her child was murdered. So Solomon finds this much more noble and begins to tell her the preparations for the ritual uh, which is from the uh, uh, grimoire known as the Abramelin. Doing these preparations is are meant to allow them to contact their guardian angel and uh, actually request uh, something from them. Now, Sophia pretty much has no idea how magic, and when I say magic here, I don't mean M-A-G-I-C, I mean it M-A-G-I-C-K, 
like the Aleister Crowley sense of magic where you throw the K on the end to differentiate between uh, a stage magician and a, in this case, ceremonial magician. But uh, yeah, she has no idea how magic works and is super impatient until Solomon calls her on her bullshit and is essentially like, yeah, this, this isn't working because you're lying to me and you're the one that's fucking this up. So she finally admits that she can't give forgiveness to the people that murdered her child and instead she wants revenge because the people were never caught. Now, they make a big point of this scene and it'll come back later. Like it, This is definitely the strongest foreshadowing in this film. With the true focus now, small things start to actually happen. She hears something impersonating her child from the other side of the door. There's some really great scenes here of this where she's talking with it and at one point the demon or spirit or whatever is like, you know I'm not really your kid, I'm just something fucking with you, right? And she's like, yeah, I know, but I can talk to you. So that starts happening. Um, Solomon gets a knife stuck in his gut and Sophia pretty much like kind of freaks out and ignores all the instructions, especially the main one, which is do not break the circle outside of the house because she's just, she's like, she's done. She wants to back out and is just like, fuck it, I can't do this. And she's also an idiot. So finally Solomon dies from his wounds and the house starts to pull some Silent Hill shit as demonic entities actually fill the home. Um, it's, it's a bit confusing at first because it's just a bunch of like, it looks like a tool video. Essentially, like, Sophia is almost consumed by them before she has that realization of what she truly wants, and that's the ability to forgive. So if you remember from before, they made a big deal about how she couldn't forgive, but once she has this moment, it's it, it really is made a big deal, and she gets a chance to greet her angel. She is then granted the ability of forgiveness for this thing. Uh, everything is better, the house goes back to normal. And she gives Solomon this super weird, here, just float in this lake, like wraps him in plastic and just kind of pushes him out into one of the lakes by the house, which I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to do necessarily, because it's just a body floating in a lake. But that's it. After that, she just gets in her car and she's like, I'm done. Peace. Deuces. Did it. And that's the end of the film. So I... <laughs> I know my review is a bit all over the place and it sounds like I'm kind of like coming hard on this film, but I liked the Dark Song, but I probably liked it more for a lot of the reasons that other people are going to hate it. It feels a bit like someone raided the teenage writing journals of Alan Moore to write the script, and it's incredibly slow, but it's done for the sake of the authenticity to the ritual. The Abramlin is an actual magical grimoire. You can go to your bookstore or you can go online and you can buy physical copies of this. The use of this makes it unlike how most people usually see uh, ceremonial magic in film or on TV. The bulk of the actual practice is really like laborious amounts of time meditating or like eating a specific diet, following strict rule sets uh, set on a timeline in order to almost prove that the caster wants to go through with the ritual. I actually had the chance to attend classes on Goetic Invocations for a while, and if you ever picked up The Lesser Keys of Solomon, it has an almost day-by-day -day breakdown of what you should be doing to prepare. So sitting and seeing this accurate portrayal was exciting for me. 
one of my greatest pet peeves and horrors when someone half-asses the witchcraft or voodoo or satanic aspect of things just to make it scarier. I mostly get pissed because it's it's just disrespectful, but a dark song really knocks it out of the park for me. This film is probably... I can't say probably. This film is just shy of mumblecore since 90% of our focus is on Sophia and Solomon in this home. It stays very muted color-wise until the climax of the ritual where we finally get treated to bright colors, uh, it's extremely vivid visuals, and it represents an almost uh, like a rebirth or renewal for Sophia. Uh, not so much for Solomon because he's dead. For her, it's the clouds have finally cleared and she's able to see the sun again. What exists of the special effects in this film, I really enjoyed. They take the ash falling from the ceiling, which is uh, reminiscent of Silent Hill, and kind of that whole transition between like the light and dark worlds, and then just the physical presence of the guardian angel at the end of the film. Like All of this stuff just felt good. And it's a really vague descriptor, but the only way that I can put it is, think, think of it as if Liam Gavin just fit the right puzzle pieces in to make the whole picture come to life. It's It made it more immersive. It gave you that emotional, or in some cases even like physiological response to enhance those moments. And it's, it, it's great. Like overall, I loved it. Let's rate this. What do we rate 2016's A Dark Song? As I said, this really isn't a for everyone type horror film. But if this is your aesthetic, such as with, you know, me, as I rambled on about a, <laughs> a bunch of stuff with it, uh, you'll really enjoy it. So I give a dark song four copies of the Abramelin out of five. So that about does it for episode one of 30 Days of Plight. I'm in the process of getting us where you can find most podcasts, so if you enjoyed this, tell your friends. If you have a horror product you'd like us to review, or if you just want to reach out to us from beyond the grave, you can find us on our website at 30daysofplight.com, Facebook and Twitter, both at 30daysofplight, or email us at 30daysofplight at gmail.com. So for all of those, it'll be spelled 30-D-A-Y-S-O-F-P-L-I-G-H-T. So until next time, I'll be right back.